Welcome to We Are SC. Welcome to Four Downs. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Uh, Greg, we're talking previewing USC UCLA at the Coliseum Saturday afternoon, twelve thirty kick. Uh, beginning of the year, I don't know if we had this pegged as a game between two four loss teams. Both of them trying to stop a, a two game losing streak uh, at this point of the season. It's still going to mean something. It's still going to mean something for the fans in the stands, for the coaches, for the players. It's not going to mean anything in terms of national rankings or probably the, the Pac-12 championship game, certainly. Uh, but whenever these two get on the field, wearing those uniforms, seeing the the kind of crosstown rivalry here, uh, it's always a fun one. Let, let's jump into... First down, and, and that's the USC offense, what, the way we talk about it. What are you looking for, kind of biggest biggest thing for you when USC's offense is on the field against that UCLA defense? Well, for me, it's going to be definitely the USC offensive line against a, a really good UCLA defensive front seven. I mean, that in a nutshell might be the big neutralizer for USC. I think um, UCLA's uh, new defensive coordinator, Danton uh, is doing a great job, uh, Lynn. Uh, I'm interested to see how they defense uh, Caleb Williams. I see a pattern on how teams are waiting for him to reverse pivot, and they're saying reverse pivot right into one of our players. So we'll we'll see if uh, the USC offensive line can root out some of the defensive line of UCLA. I think what's intriguing to me is you got a probable first-round draft pick for UCLA uh, in uh, Liatu, Leitu. And uh, joining him along that line is Jay Toia, who, of course, for USC fans, remember how he showed up for a spring out of high school and then uh, left us to go to UCLA. So that that's kind of an intriguing uh, uh, aspect of it. But I think that's where the game will be won uh, or perhaps even lost. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's huge. The Pac-12 sends out kind of preview notes and stats and stuff uh, ahead of games. Um, there's one that they send out that lists all of the various teams in the conference, both their offense and defense and rankings within the conference and within FBS. The for the defensive ones, there's 15 categories that that they send out. Right, point points per game, yards per game, turnovers, uh, sacks, that kind of stuff. UCLA is first, second, or third in the conference in 13 of those 15 categories. I mean, the, it, it's a it's a good defense, and and when you look at it, they didn't play Oregon, they didn't play Washington. They haven't played USC. You look at their non-conference schedule, which was, I think St. John Bosco may have played a a more difficult non-conference schedule this year. That being said, they did well against Utah when USC didn't. They, you know, they've done well when they've been on the field. And it's that, that defensive front, like you mentioned, that is really good. For me, when I... I'm watching the USC offense. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams and, and kind of, can he have, look, I, there hasn't been a decision made. He says that he'll figure it out kind of later, whether he's going to go, whether he's going to play in a bowl game. 
I'm certainly going into this game figuring this is the last time we're seeing Caleb Williams in a, in a USC uniform. That feels like the safe bet based on kind of trajectory of the season, what bowl game they could be in, where he's projected to go in the draft. I, I think it would be surprising if he didn't. So for me, it's kind of that, again, with with really nothing on the line, what kind of magic does he have in this one? And can that line protect him? Can can he get enough time uh, to operate and make some big plays? Had, had a big, big game against UCLA last year. Uh, can he do it again this year? So I, I, it's not a one-man show by any means, but in this case, in this situation, lo- looking for some big things from Caleb Williams on Saturday. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Eric, I think we all keep waiting for Caleb to have his, quote, best game of the year. And uh, let's remember, last year, no matter how good those statistics were against UCLA, and they were good, it came down to an interception by Corey Foreman uh, so late in the game that iced it. So I would suspect um, Caleb should be on top of his game if they're going to win this one. And it'll be interesting, too. Teams have had success dropping back right when when against the pass when they rush three and kind of sit back and make him pick them apart UCLA's strength is up front and getting to the quarterback so what decision do they have in do we just go all out and leave defensive backs back there to try to make plays or do they try to sit back like some of these other teams have done and make it tough for Caleb Williams that way now worst case scenario right is you rush three or four and you still get pressure because the usc offensive line can't handle it and and we've seen that group up there specific players up there lose quickly one-on-one battles there and and give up pressure on plays where you just based on who rushed and and what it looked like you just can't give up pressure uh on that stuff so that that's definitely going to be something to watch uh, when when Caleb Williams and that USC offense are out there. Let's flip second down and, and we'll flip field here and go USC defense. What, what's kind of key for you? What are you watching when that USC defense is on the field? Second second week, right, under the new co-defensive coordinators, Brian Odom and Sean Nua. Well, it's interesting because uh, on Thursday, um, Lincoln Riley expected a giant leap uh, this week, and he said it. I didn't, but he he believes that, and we all hope that he's true. If you're a USC fan, um, but I think uh, you know UCLA can run the ball. They've never had a problem running the ball. I don't think they'll have a problem running the ball, but I think it'll be more challenged with the new regime, and especially with a, a, a basically two weeks of uh, new leadership. In fact, I was intrigued because. Lincoln Riley did mention we have, uh, you know, we've changed the schemes uh, at some level. Now, how much that really is going to show in this game, who knows? I think one of the big battles is going to be who quarterbacks UCLA, uh, how effective they are against the USC secondary. As we all know, USC secondary isn't going to bring back memories of uh, the 72 Trojans. Uh, And that's going to be a real challenge because – I think we could all admit against Oregon, USC secondary, the tackling is just horrendous. 
and and I'm and I don't I didn't really feel that there was anybody of the four across that that started the game for SC who were people that I could depend on not missing a tackle. I mean, it was just like it happened so fast. We'll see how uh, Chip Kelly decides to attack the USC corners. Uh, and I think at this point, hey, attack the, the safeties as well. You know, that that makes it, it compounds the problem because I don't think they're playing particularly well at all either. Yeah. For, I mean, first thing for me, who's taking snaps for for UCLA, right? Who who do they have going out? This is it, it's not quite like Arizona State where they were down to their third string quarterback, but but you knew it was him. I think there's still kind of some who who's going to be quarterback for UCLA. I don't know if it changes the passing attack all that much. It's it's not like are they going to have you know a, a walk on or Michael Penix out there or or Caleb Williams so. In that way, I think that it becomes stop the run again, just like Oregon, just like against Oregon. This is a UCLA team averaging 202 yards per game on the ground. That's first in the Pac-12. They can Chip Kelly has always been able to run the ball. Whoever is back there, whoever is taking snaps, whoever they're handing off to, there's a run game component that is tricky in a Chip Kelly offense. Can USC stay tough enough and disciplined enough to keep up with all the the wrinkles plus the power and all of that that you get with a couple big, tough running backs uh, for UCLA? That's going to be a challenge. I think one of the interesting things this week that Shane Lee talked about, and, and you mentioned Lincoln Riley talking about kind of some tweaks defensively, uh, Shane Lee was, was as open as anyone's going to be in terms of scheme and all of that stuff in, in the aftermath of, of the coaching change, but both he and, and Mason Cobb a little bit talked about that clearly there being kind of new focus, new plans, new tweaks to where they feel much, it seems like they feel much more comfortable in the run game. Shane Lee talked about kind of there being more support in that second level so that if something gets missed, it doesn't pop for a big gain. He talked about guys being able to play a little bit. He called it more carefree, uh, which is what it always felt like, right? It always felt like there was so much pressure. Make this play or this is a 75-yard touchdown run every single time anyone went for a tackle. So that seemed shored up against Oregon, and it feels it feels a little bit crazy to praise the USC defense against Oregon, which had two what seventy plus yard touchdowns in its first five plays, and and two just te- just terrible right defensive plays overall. But you look at what that Oregon running game was doing coming in; they didn't have a twenty yard rush. They got loose for a, a nineteen yard touchdown, but then only a handful. I think three other runs that went for plus 10 yards. And again, you have to couch it a little bit. We're talking about a USC defense that has been crushed on the ground. So four runs of more than 10 yards, none more than 20 against an Oregon offense. I I think you feel okay against the run coming into even a, a talented UCLA team. So So that's it for me. If UCLA has to throw the ball all game and they throw for 450 yards. 
okay, that that's what happened. They can't run. They can't run for 450 yards in this one. And and I think if you're USC, you have to. The defensive coordinator's gone. A bunch of these players are with the turnover now, with being able to go pro or transfer portal or whatever it is. The continuity is not always there. But if you're USC, you have to set a little bit of a tone going into the offseason, I think, here. And stopping the run is is a big deal uh, in this one against UCLA. All right, let's go to third down. Third down, uh, as always, brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports. Just pits you against the numbers, whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games. Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. Go to prizepicks.com or download the app. Enter promo code SC. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. You pick two to six players. Uh, you can win up to 25 times your money. On any entry, Greg. Let's take a look here. Uh, we took a I, I took a couple of offensive players uh, in this one, so we went. Uh, sorry, let's pull it up here. Here we go. We went with uh, T.J. Harden's up there again. We just we just talked about the UCLA running game and what we sort of think USC needs to do against it. So T.J. Harden. Part of that kind of duo in the backfield uh, with Carson Steele, less than 53 and a half rushing yards. And then I talked about Caleb Williams, more than 293.5 passing yards. So looking at ish a 300 yard game uh, for Caleb Williams through the air. And and I think that UCLA pass rush is going to have something to do with that and it'll be interesting to see can he get the ball out quickly and can usc's receivers do do something with it you know on quick passes and and pick up yards after catch that's such a key i think for the usc offense what do you what do you see there and and like on either of those uh i'm gonna go with more on uh harden that he's you would have gone with more on any UCLA runner at any number, though, right? <laughs> the statistics speak for itself. I'm, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Uh, you know, the only thing is, is just because uh, Harden gets over 53 yards, we're not talking about the other guy, too. You know, it's going to be a, a combination of how much they could run for. But, you know, against SC, they've been known for giving up big plays. So if Harden actually, you know, ripped off a 45-yard run, he's almost home early. Uh, I, I think Caleb, his statistics should should be more. Uh, but here's the here's the deal. I don't know how many times a pass play will be called, and he'll end up running the ball. And so I, I look at him that he may run the ball more this time than he's run it the entire season. Now he has been running the ball more uh, when the game's really uh, in the second half of the season when SC was was in line to try to you know, get into the uh, championship game for the Pac-12. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Uh, but I, I think, you know, the, the good thing about it, and I think you set the table kind of, uh, you know, nicely at the beginning of the of the program. You know, USC and UCLA, as, as Lincoln Riley mentioned on Thursday, this is unique. Two schools, probably eight miles apart, give or take. And, uh, you know, it's not like, okay, we lose to uh, Oregon. They go back up to Eugene. We won't see them again. But when you live in L.A., uh, it is a real rivalry, and it goes on all year, all year. I mean, it's the bragging. 
the thing that's beautiful about this rivalry, not to get off topic too much, but, you know, people that don't even care about football, who don't even care about SC, UCLA, because it's SC and UCLA playing each other, they'll have an opinion. And I think that, uh, I think that Caleb Williams and, and UCLA as well understand what it means to win or lose in this game. Now, Caleb's never lost. But uh, the point is, is if he could go through his career, if this is going to be his last game, he will be able to say, I never lost to UCLA, which is a big deal if you live in this area and for your legacy. So I think he's going to throw for more. All right, let's go to fourth down. Fourth down is going to be your your number, your statistic. What what number do you feel is important or, or maybe jumps out to you when looking at this game? Boy, I've I've juggled this one back and forth, up and down, sideways. I think I'm going to go, and I'm not real confident in this, but I think it could happen. So I'm going to go with this, the number 200. Uh, SC cannot allow UCLA to get over 200 yards passing, and they cannot give up over 200 yards running. If they do, that means there's over 400 yards of offense, and UCLA has is capable, keep, Chip Kelly is capable of designing ways to approach those levels. So this is a real test, of course, of USC defense. It's really going to get down to can they hold them under 200 in each of those categories. So we'll find out on Saturday afternoon. And we and I, don't forget the, the possibility of wet weather. That's also a possibility. Yeah. So that, that could carve into some of this. No, you're right. I mean, they they can't let a a UCLA offense that has just could get nothing. I mean, Arizona, Arizona State, their last two games could get nothing going. Um, I I think I saw a stat that that combined there was like the fewest points for a a Chip Kelly or a a UCLA team at all in back-to-back games since like 2008. So this offense is not humming coming into this one and the quarterback injuries clearly playing a part there, but USC cannot let them going, but get going both ways on the, on the ground and through the air have to shut, have to shut something down. And I think it's got to start with the run because UCLA certainly is going to want to run. I'm going to say my number, my number is three in this and maybe it's low. Maybe, maybe it should be four, but that's sacks. For me, this is a UCLA team that is fifth in the country in sacking the quarterback, but also gives up a ton of sacks, 116th in sacks allowed per game. This is a UCLA, sorry, a USC team that gives up a ton of sacks and has not gotten virtually any the last few weeks. And they've talked about Michael Penix and, and Bo Nix are the two quarterbacks that you just went against. They do not get sacked. Washington and Oregon, those offenses get the ball out fast. Those quarterbacks are incredible at getting the ball out quickly. UCLA has not been able to do that. That USC defensive front has to make life tougher on the UCLA quarterbacks than they did against Michael Penix and, and against Bo Nix. That's key. The other side Again, three sacks. That's about what, what UCLA averages, maybe a little bit more 
per game. And USC has given up at least three sacks going back to, to any game pretty much that matters. I mean, you're, you're at a, you're at a, a pretty significant streak of at least three sacks allowed for the USC offense. And what we've seen really is as Caleb Williams is trying to make plays through sacks, that ball gets popped out. And so that then leads to turnovers, but it starts from either that quick pressure or Caleb holding the ball a little bit and pressure eventually getting there, keeping him clean, I think is going to be big just because the, the sacks have so clearly and directly led to kind of fumbles and, and ball control issue uh, again, against the UCLA team that's going to want to grind it out and and hold the ball and run it, can't give them short fields in this one t- to work with. So I think that's going to be key, keeping those quarterbacks upright on on both sides. Who can get to it more uh, ha- has a huge advantage in this one. I, th- I think one thing that we, we do have to consider, if you look at Arizona State, if you look at Arizona, and you look at teams that didn't have – their quarterback ready to go. It seems like everybody's quarterback turns into a, a productive player against the USC defense. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the name Colin uh, Sheely is not a big name in the Los Angeles area for USC fans to know. Uh, Ethan Garbers went to Corona Del Mar High School. He, he's, he's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, but a good quarterback. Dante Moore has not probably had the season for a five-star quarterback out of Michigan that uh, maybe they projected. However, it seems no matter who plays quarterback, they produce. So, you know, glad SC fans are probably pulling their hair out going, we don't need another Norman Dow. We don't need another John Barnes. We don't need another fill in the blank. And he becomes the hero of the game and never heard from again, but the damage is done. So that that's a wild card for me. Yeah. And, and this is that game where that kind of stuff can pop up, right? I mean, Corey Foreman, it doesn't feel like is going to have a huge vault of tons of plays at USC, but that one last year was, was big and winning that game. You can make those plays, uh, in this kind of game and, and be remembered for a while. So that USC defense, yes. Let's let's not make any UCLA heroes in, in this one. Saturday afternoon, again, that's a, a 12.30 kick uh, at the Coliseum. We will, will be there. Uh, hopefully USC fans can get to, uh, announced announced as a sellout. We'll see how many people show up, and, and we'll see what the weather does. Hopefully that rain kind of comes early and then stays out, stays off uh, during the game. But that's our look at, at this edition of that Crosstown Rivalry between USC and UCLA. Uh, thanks for, for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching four downs. Thanks for watching. We are SC.